It's time for this week's Uplift. Three ordinary guys that want you to find the freedom that is available by knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our site at thefulcrumcenter.org. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Uplift. As you see, Chad and Ian are not with me, but we will be back again next week. Let me tell you what happened. Whether you realize it or not, whether you believe it or not, we are really at the beginnings, maybe for some quite a bit of ways in, to a battle for us, a battle for our souls, spiritual battle. And it got really intense this past week for the three of us. So we come in every week, one night a week, we come in, we set some time aside to record this show. And we really, we started talking and it turned into just helping each other, um, building each other up. It was something that the three of us needed and we didn't get a chance to record a show. And you know, you might ask, well, why not just show that? Well, it got pretty personal and pretty real. And uh, it was just not something we were comfortable sharing with everybody, but we ran out of time. By the time we realized, hey, we don't have time to record a show. So what I decided to do is um, to make up a, a, a list of all a bunch of funny videos about Chad. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to play for you one of the um, at the table videos that I had done. So if you are a follower of this podcast, you know, possibly that this show started out as at the table where I would sit down with a red tablecloth. And it was an idea God gave me when he woke me up at three o'clock in the morning one night. And uh, I'd always start and say, hello again, everyone. Thanks for joining me at the table. Well, I'm going to play one of those tonight. Fair. And I think it's kind of appropriate based on the, the week that we had. Now, I believe, I know that we're going to have a better week this week. And, and you know, all in all, the week ended up pretty well. Uh, God is good like that. But, yeah, it was kind of rough, and we just needed to have some friend time. So apologize for not having a, a brand-new show for you. Um, we're still going to call this one Episode 61 because we're putting something out there. But the three of us are planning to be back next week to bring you uplift as we do each and every week. So until then, enjoy this rerun of At the Table. God bless you, everyone. Good night. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining me at the table. It's already the end of September. And in the next couple of days, we'll be into fall. But that's okay. It's been a glorious summer. I've really enjoyed spending all this time with you this summer. Yeah, I had a little break in the middle of the summer, but everybody needs a break now and then, right? Tonight, I got a topic that for about a week now, maybe a little over a week, the Lord has been really putting on my heart pretty heavy to talk about. I was going to have somebody be on the show with me tonight to talk about this topic, but then last night, the Lord said, no, Phil, I want you to do it yourself. And I'm like, okay, so here goes. It's about struggling. Now, we all struggle with something in our lives. We struggle with our finances. We struggle with relationships. We struggle at work. We struggle to go to sleep. We struggle with our kids. We struggle with God. We struggle with a lot of things. 
Now, I looked up the definition of the word struggle, and it said, paraphrasing, to violently or forcefully try to get out of a situation, especially if you're constricted. You know, that kind of makes me think like being tied up and you're going like just trying to struggle to get yourself out from being untied. But if you think about it, isn't that really what a spiritual, physical, emotional, mental struggle really is? Any kind of struggle. It's almost like being tied up in a situation you don't want to be in. We want life to be easy, don't we? I mean, who out there would like to say, I really appreciate life not being easy. Now, if I could see into that camera and see out into the internet, I don't think I'd see a single hand go up. We want life to be easy. But, unfortunately, we live in a fallen world. Yes, we are fallen human beings. We sin. But the world itself has fallen into sin as well. Partly because of our own sinfulness, and partly just because it's the nature of the creation. We live in a broken world and a broken society with broken people making the rules that lots of people like to break. The struggle is real. But let's back up from that for a moment. We're not going to get all political and all societal and, and try to be all psychological and solve everybody's problems. And which reminds me, I need to say... Um, Tonight, anything that I say should not be taken as medical advice, as psychological advice, psychiatric advice, not even as counseling advice. I'm not a counselor. I am a former pastor. I am now going out into the world and reaching people through various means, including this show. So I'm not licensed to offer any counseling. But any advice that I give tonight, please don't take it as Phil said I could do this. This is just me talking to God, talking to you. So just cover my butt that way. Okay, what do we struggle with? I talked to so many people this past week. Um, God put them in my way for me to understand a little bit more about how to help them, I guess. Talk to a person who's got back pain. The struggle is real. Talk to a person who seems like every day, there's something new coming against this person. Another person who's got a family member that's struggling. Then I've also talked to happy people who are getting past their struggles. And that is part of this scenario tonight. Whatever struggle you're going through right now, you may have been going through it for years even, or maybe only a couple of weeks, or maybe just a few hours today. Whatever your struggle is, it is probably going to pass. Now, there are some people who will tell me that the, the struggle won't pass until they pass on from this life. You ever heard of a woman named Corrie Ten Boom? I hope I'm saying that name correctly. She um, is a paraplegic, and she has asked God many, many times to heal her. She's gone to many faith healers. She, if anybody deserves to be healed, it's this woman. To hear her speak, she is so close to God. She has such a strong relationship with God. But yet, she is still a paraplegic. And she uses that to her advantage. God uses that to teach others about struggling. Now, I'm not here going to say tonight, I'm not going to say to you, just think of what your struggle is and then look at the next person because their struggle is probably worse. 
I don't like that. I mean, yeah, sure. If I'm struggling with something, it's the most important thing to me. If you're struggling with something, it's the most important thing to you. It may not be the most important thing to me, and my struggle is not, probably not important to you. You probably think it's weak. But when you're in the midst of a situation where you just want to get out of that situation, you don't want to be constricted, you don't want to feel the pain, you don't want to feel those awful emotions, you don't want to feel that depression, that anxiety, you don't want to hear more bad news, what more could go wrong today? You don't want to hear that. You're struggling. And I understand. And I know you understand too. Because we all have struggles. So what do we do about it? This is going to sound very simple and minute, especially to some of you who are really struggling with some really difficult things. But I've struggled with something for the last five years in my home, um, a home repair issue. I'm not, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. And there's many things I could have done differently to fix this, but I always chose to do it myself. And just recently I thought, hey, I got this thing fixed again. I, I, I defeated it again for a couple days. And then it came back and it came back worse. Well, I really struggled. But this time, instead of getting angry, instead of throwing something on the ground, throwing my hands up in the air and saying, I give up, let's move out of this house. No, I simply remained calm. And I looked to God and I said, God, I'm really struggling here, but I'm turning to you. Did God make the problem go away? No, actually, you want to know the truth. I believe God is the one who brought the problem back. But that's... I'll tell you more about that in a moment. But anyway, the problem didn't go away on its own. I ended up having to call somebody. It cost me $200 to get this thing fixed. But in that time, well, while I was waiting for it to be fixed, I had gone to God and I had incredible peace. And sure, many of you are saying now yeah yeah i'm doing everything right i'm going to god everything's lining up i'm doing the right thing what come on phil i'm still struggling i understand that but for those of you who don't think for a moment to go to god during the midst of a struggle that is one thing we can do because when he hears that we're struggling and he knows he's not surprised by it he gives us his grace the apostle paul had a thorn in his side was it a, like a legitimate thorn, like something from a tree? Or was it just a problem? Was it an irritation? We don't know. Was it symbolic or physical? We don't know. But God said to him, when he asked repeatedly to have that thorn removed from his side, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. So if I say to you tonight, my grace is sufficient for you, you know what's going to happen? Next, let's see what's on Google. Let's see. Let me check my email. You're not going to be watching this show anymore. Okay? You're going to get upset. Because even though it's true and it's scriptural, who wants to hear that my grace is sufficient for you? Your problem, I know what you're going through. Yeah, but you know what? God's grace is sufficient for you. Does that really work for you? Yeah, in a way it does. But unless you go to God and you experience that grace from God, I can speak and speak and speak and preach it and preach it and preach it. And it's not going to help you because I'm not God. It has to come from God. So no matter what your struggle is, I'm asking you right now, take it to God and say, God, if your grace is sufficient for me, can I have a little grace right now? And you know what's really unfair? Fair but unfair. 
I always tell my kids when they were growing up, it's not fair to compare. You know, Brandon would compare something that I did for Caitlin or Julia would say, but you've done this for Caitlin and Brandon, but not for me. And Caitlin would say, I'm the oldest. I never get anything. And I would always say it's not fair to compare because any good parent treats each child individually because they are individuals. And God, our father, treats us all individually as well. He knows us better than anybody else in this world. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows that if I let that struggle continue, if God's speaking, saying, I'm going to let the struggle continue, Phil, and you're going to find wisdom in it, and you're going to find discernment in it, and you're going to find peace when you ask me for my grace. That's exactly what happened to me the other night. And I found peace in God's grace. But I can't tell you to find peace in God's grace. You have to experience it for yourself. So if you got that back pain, you got that deal that just seemed to not want to close, you got that relationship issue, you got that, those bills that just keep coming in and coming in and coming in. I tell you what, I had a hip replacement back in March and I got this bill for $7,000. And when I called the insurance company, at first it sounded like they were going to negotiate it down and I'd be responsible for the rest. So I'm looking at like uh, $3,500. I couldn't afford to pay that. And I kind of overreacted and I did the wrong thing. I got really angry instead of turning to God. But when I finally got, got a hold of me and said, look, is this really working for you? Are you getting anything out of this anger? And I wasn't. When I went to God and I said, okay, God, look, I don't know what to do about that. I can't pay this. It'll take me years to pay this. You know that, Lord. I haven't got a bill since. It got taken care of. So yeah, sometimes God will intervene and things do get taken care of. Sometimes people do get healed. Sometimes the lame do walk. Sometimes the blind do see. And sometimes the deaf hear. And sometimes those with cancer, the cancer is gone. I knew a person that had an aneurysm. She was scared to death. She came to church one day. We prayed for her. And God spoke to me that moment before I even really knew that he was speaking to me. But I knew it was him. He said, she won't have that next week. And I didn't believe it. But guess what? She came back next week and the doctors told her that they made a mistake. There was no aneurysm. Yeah, there was. But God took care of that. But she struggled. And I struggled with did I really hear right from God? Anyway, so whatever your struggle is, ask God for his grace. His grace doesn't take away the problem. His grace comforts you. It gives you peace. It calms you down. It eases your breathing. It makes you feel like you're welcome and wanted. And it builds a relationship between you and the Lord. It doesn't always take away the problem. But absolutely pray that God take away that pain. Absolutely pray that God help you in that relationship. Pray that God help you pay those bills. Yes, but don't get angry if it doesn't happen. Because sometimes his grace is sufficient for us. I once heard a story on a TV show, so I can't take credit for this, but beautiful story. There was a a, a cocoon, okay? And the cocoon was just starting to split open. And the person talking said, I could take my knife right now and I can split that cocoon open 
So that moth inside is struggling right now to get out because he's changed. He has been changed. He's ready to spread his wings and fly, or so he thought. And he's struggling, moving inside there to get out. He said, I could take my knife and I could split that cocoon open and that moth could be free. But that moth would die. Because part of the struggle, moving those wings back and forth, these brand new wings. I got wings now. I can fly. God gave me wings. You know, imagine being a caterpillar. And now all of a sudden you got wings. You're no longer crawling around something. You're flying. Imagine that. You want to just use those wings and get out there and fly. You got a new gift. You got a new understanding. A new relationship. You understand God more. You, you got really got something out of that Bible study the other night. Whatever it is, you just want to get out there and fly. Sometimes you got to struggle first. You know why? When that cocoon's, when that moth is moving around inside that cocoon, it's strengthening its wings. It's rubbing something off of the wings so that when it flies, it doesn't just sink to the ground. It can actually be lighter than the air and fly. It's got to go through that struggle in order to fly. If someone would come by and open up that cocoon and that moth isn't ready to fly, it's not going to fly. That moth needed the struggle. Sometimes we need the struggle. It refines us. In the book of Malachi, God speaks about sitting at the refiner's fire. Having worked at Ormet, I understand this a little bit better. When you take bauxite, which is aluminum ore, and you put it into a big melting pot or smelting pot, and you zap electricity through it, chemical reactions take place, and all the negative, dirty, gunky stuff just floats to the top of that molten aluminum, and all the good aluminum goes down to the bottom. And someone has to sit there, and let me tell you, that job is a struggle because it's hot. You think it's been hot outside? You go stand in front of one of those smelting pots of molten aluminum or molten steel. That's hot. Okay? And they have to skim that dross off. But what they're doing is they're refining the aluminum. When they're done, all that comes out is pure aluminum. None of the garbage. So sometimes God allows us to go through struggles. Because he's refining us. He's refining us. He's getting all the negative stuff off. We don't see it. We don't see it with these eyes or hear it with these ears or smell it with this nose. Because all we see is the struggle before us. And all we see is, I want to get away from this. I want this to be over. That's all we see. But what we don't see is God is there picking off the bad stuff and refining us. And when we're done... We're going to be more pure than we were. If I look back on my struggles in the last five years, oh, I'm a new person compared to what I was five years ago. And anybody who's known me for the last five years or longer knows that's true because of the struggles I've been through. I am a new person and I'm happy to be this person that I am now. Oh, I'm still struggling with a lot of things. Don't get me wrong, but God's grace has come into my life and has made it so that though I have pain still in my hip, very little strength in my left leg compared to what I used to have. Some of the pain's gone, but the, there's new pain, new struggles. Emotional pain 
a lot of it's gone. There's still some. It comes back once in a while. These things, they don't go away permanently sometimes. But if I look back at who I was five years ago, I am very happy to be who I am tonight. And without those struggles, I wouldn't be who I am. The struggle is real, okay? But sometimes those struggles, they strengthen our wings. And I'm ready to fly. I'm ready to soar. I'm ready to spread my wings. Interesting that in Isaiah chapter 40 or 43, I cannot remember for sure now, Pastor Ian said that this this past weekend, he used this at the beginning of his sermon, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles and soar. Mount up on wings with eagles and soar. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Are you waiting? Have you been waiting a long time? You want to talk about waiting a long time? How about the man at the pool of Bethesda? For 30-some years, he waited to be dipped into the pool. But he was persistent. And that's the second part of this topic tonight. Be persistent. I know you really want to get out there and do something in ministry. I know you really want to get rid of that pain. I know you really want things to finally start going your way. I know you really want to feel like you're important again. I know you really want to feel like you matter in your job. I know you really want to get paid the wage you deserve. I know you really want to get those bills paid so that you're not struggling with them anymore. I know you really just want spiritual healing, emotional healing, physical healing, mental healing. Not just for you, but for those that you know around you who are struggling. Well, you know something? You're well on your way. You know why? Because you know God. When you know God, you're already hundreds of yards ahead of the person who just knows that there is a God in heaven. When you know God as your friend, as your savior, as your father in heaven, when you know him in an intimate way like that, you will still have struggles, you'll have problems, but try dealing with it with the person who says there is no God. Where do they go when the house is on fire? Where do they go when they got a flat tire and they can't afford to pay for it to be repaired? Where do they go when they break up in that relationship that they've been in or that marriage they've been in for years and they feel like they're completely lost? Sometimes they'll go to things that they shouldn't go to. And sometimes we as Christians do too. We might turn to the wrong things. So I'm going to tell you tonight, if you're struggling, turn to God. It's not going to make it go away. For some of us, it will. It's amazing. God, I don't know how he works. I do not have the mind of God. I simply speak the words he tells me to speak. And right now he's saying, you, watching this show right now, you're struggling. And God's telling you, 
Yes, you. I'm talking to you. You know who you're, you are. I'm talking to you. God's saying to me right now, he's going to say, tell her the struggle is going to end. Tell him that promotion's coming. Tell her that car will run when you need it to. Tell her he will come back. Tell him that, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get it. You're going to get exactly what you want. And you're going to be very happy when you have it. <laughs> and I'm very excited for you. I don't know who I just spoke to. But if you're one of them, God heard your prayer. And he's going to give you what you want. Now, for the rest of you who are saying, I don't know if he was talking to me. Well, then I probably wasn't. And I'm sorry. Because I don't understand why God doesn't just... Well, no, I do understand why God doesn't just fix everything all the time. We got to fix those wings. If you weren't spoken to tonight, then God is saying to you right now, wait, patience, self-control. It's coming. Learn more about him. Draw closer to him. You are so much further ahead than you were in the past. God is hearing you and he's going to help you through this struggle. He doesn't want you to be violent. He doesn't want you to be angry. He doesn't want you to fly off the handle or make bad choices or just say, I give up and I'm going to do whatever I want because it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, I know somebody said that. God just told me that. Don't give up. Jesus told us a parable of a widow who went to a judge for justice. He wouldn't listen to her. So he went to her, she went to his house at night. He still wouldn't listen to her. She kept going. And finally he said, give that woman what she wants just to make her go away. Her persistence paid off. Did you know that the largest vein of gold that was ever discovered in the United States, a foot away from where someone gave up. A foot! He had to dig a couple more shovels, maybe one, and he would have struck gold, but he gave up. Don't give up. Be persistent through the pain, through the struggles, through the sorrow, through the hurt, through the fear, through all that is good and through all that is evil in this world. Don't give up. I know the struggle is real. I know you're struggling. I know you're struggling because you're human. We all struggle. And my struggle isn't yours, and yours might be worse than mine, but who are we comparing it to? Who's the standard? Who says that one person's struggle is worse than another? Who? We do. We always think ours is the worst because we have to live it. And you know what? You're right. Your struggle is the worst because you have to live it. But your struggle is shaping you, molding you, changing you, you know, I looked in the mirror the other day. I noticed I got a lot more gray hair coming in. 49 years, almost 50. 
And that's why this is starting to come in. They didn't have it when I was 30. But I also, at age 49, would not want to go back to what I was at age 30. And every one of those struggles for those 29 years, 19 years, <laughs> for those 19 years, have made me who I am today. Okay? They have made me who I am today. So I'm thankful for the scars and the struggles. Be thankful for what God has done through you and put you through or allowed you to go through so that it can shape you and mold you into who you are today. Because you're a great person. You are a wonderful person in the eyes of God. Sure, there's going to be others who are going to say, you're not a wonderful person. They're going to say, you really messed up. They're going to say, I can't believe you did what you did. But your past does not define you. What has happened to you does not define you. What you've done, whom you've hurt, whom you've betrayed, whom you've slandered, does not define you. Sometimes we cause our own struggles with our own sins. Sometimes we're caused... There are struggles are caused by other people's sins. And sometimes God will put something before us. Like put us in a cocoon and watch us struggle so we can see the beautiful creation that he has made come out. And whether you've created your struggles or someone's created them for you or God's put something in your path, Romans 8, 28, for we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him are called according to his purpose which means basically God's on your side and he's building you into a new creation the struggle's real we struggle every day but <laughs> you can't even imagine what's in store for you if you knew, you would be rejoicing right now. But right now, you have to go through the struggle to get to where the rejoicing is. And the rejoicing will come. Though sorrows may fill the night, joy comes in the morning. And with that, I'm going to say, I'm sorry for your struggles. Look to the grace of God. And be happy for who you're becoming because you're becoming a beautiful creation. In the last couple of minutes we have left, I just want to say October is coming, and October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Kind of means something to me, having spent 20 years as a pastor. Um, still am a pastor, just not in an official capacity and not a licensed local pastor, but I'll always be a pastor. But I'm not saying this for me. I'm saying it for you. Wherever you are, whatever church you go to, whomever your pastor is, male, female, older, younger, I don't care. Appreciate your pastor for what they do. They struggle a lot. And they don't let it on. They never let anyone see their struggles. Sometimes it's because they feel they can carry it on their own because the position they're in. Sometimes they don't want others to worry about them because they have so many other people to worry about. There's all kinds of reasons why pastors don't let on with the struggles that they go through. But they struggle. 
a lot, pretty much every day. So let your pastor know, don't wait till October. Let him or her know this weekend how much you appreciate them and all that they do. Because hearing words of appreciation from people you're leading, it does a lot for struggles. It eases the pain. It lets us know that God is listening and God cares. And it's just a really good thing. So appreciate your pastor this month in, in October. God bless you all. I'll see you next week at the table.